Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Sister Element. I'm Heather. I'm Becky. And today we have a very special guest, Mia Kotelik. She is a technical genius, like just amazing. We will interview her later. I'm so excited. And I think you guys are going to love her. Yeah, it was great to get to talk to her and learn about bioinformatics. Is that in? No, I think I got the word wrong still. You did. I can't remember it, but I know that's not it. But she's such a bright star and such an inspiration, a great role model. And I can't help but smile talking to her. She's, uh, yeah. she's great. She's, yeah, she was so fun. You guys will get to listen to our interview with her. But after, I want to talk about my Taylor Swift confession. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for my Taylor Swift confession because, yeah, it's going to be great. I am so excited to chat with you today. So let me go over some of your accolades. Just so everybody knows, we are interviewing Mia today. And she, I'm just going to say it, is a computer genius, I think. Like, I'm just going to put that out there. So Mia is a software engineer, a web developer, a UI UX developer, which is a user interface, user experience. She's a graphic designer and based on her website said that she is a biologist. So like just <laughs> all the sciences. <laughs> and then she is in the top 3% of freelancers on the leading freelancing platform Upwork. So she's just a full on boss. Yeah. Uh, working. <laughs> so welcome to the Sister Element, Mia. We are so excited to have you. Tell us about yourself. Like, how did you get here where you are today? Yeah, so um, I started programming pretty young because both of my parents were programmers, so they kind of were very hard set on me learning to code. Um, I never really wanted to go into it as a career, which is kind of like the whole biology thing um, and why I got uh, why I went to school for biology and computer science is because I wanted to be a doctor, but I kind of realized the whole medical school thing wasn't really for me. And a professor at the University of Arizona had actually asked if I wanted to work in her lab, and I did... Every summer in high school, after my freshman year, I worked in her bioinformatics lab, and that's kind of where I realized that there's a very large intersection between technology and any field you want. So if I was you know, interested in medical research, I could do technology and medicine, or if I decided later that I'm not interested in medicine anymore, which I don't know if will happen, but I changed my mind a lot, so who knows. But basically, technology was very versatile, so I could apply it to whatever I was interested at the moment. All right, technology isn't everything we touch. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I never thought that technology would be where it is today when I was a kid. Like, even in my 20s, like, I never who would have thought that it's as far as it is. I remember when just speaking into your phone and having it recognize random voice commands, not very specific ones, but being able to parse your language was a huge deal that there weren't just specific commands you could say that you could just ask it a question and it'd know what you were talking about. Yeah. yeah that was that was a massive thing. And now it's way more complex than it was. Yeah, especially yeah. in the past six months, there's been a lot of really crazy advancements. Yeah. And you said in the last six months, I'm like trying to wrap my brain around like the last year. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm so behind. So you're just going to have to edit that because I kind of have a little bit of my head in the sand when it kind of, I get overwhelmed when it comes to technology sometimes. I'm like, okay, I just, I can't. Like I got irritated that I got an update on my phone that I can't organize things the way that I want to. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, that's totally fair. I have a podcast and we do like a five minute um, tech news section at the end. And every week it's like a struggle to figure out what to put in it because so many things, like so many new things come up and we're like, oh my gosh, what do we, what do we put in this five minute section? This is like an hour of news to report. <laughs> so, Well, what is the name of your podcast so that we can listen to it so we can stay up to date on these things? Sure. Right? So it's called Technically a Podcast. Nice. And <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> it's for like kind of small business owners or people who are looking to build an online presence. It's just like tips and tricks or things that I've seen happen working with clients. Like um, there's a lot of really easy mistakes to make. So it's kind of just like things that I've come across and, and trying to help people not make those same mistakes, save a little money and just kind of build the best online presence they can. So a podcast also that I need because <laughs> I own a small business. I am a business of one and the social media side of that gives me anxiety. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I, same. Got, got a small business and we have our um, employees that are younger help us out with with some of our <laughs> heck so we need to listen to mia's podcast so technically a podcast yes, yes. awesome writing all right down. so we'll put that in the show notes so that everybody yes. knows that where to go okay yeah i can send you all the links for that yes all the links we need all the links <laughs> so let's talk about you being a software engineer i feel like software engineers have like a special place in my heart because i used to work with software engineers i used to be a software configuration manager and it was a very stressful job and i just i couldn't deal with it. I mean, there are special circumstances, but we can get into that. But it is very much a male-dominated field. And in my experience, like we had, um, we were talking about just a little bit ago before we started recording, I sat in a building with approximately 100 people and there were four female software engineers. 10 women in the building for software engineers. Yeah. So in our correspondence that we had before you came on the podcast, you talk about it, how it gave you imposter syndrome. How have you been able to push through that? Because I feel like that a lot of women out there might be feeling the same. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I, when I started freelancing, it was kind of way different than basically like an environment in internships or just like the corporate environments, because a lot of the projects, it was me working with small companies and I got to be kind of the head of the project and people just kind of looked to me for advice. And that was like a really empowering position to be put in. And then being able to give them ideas and uh, execute on them and seeing how it affected companies in a really positive way was just really reinforcing my confidence um, in a way that you know being on a team of many people it just doesn't do the same thing um i also did another i worked on a project during covid where the the manager was really kind and let everyone be scrum master every week so the team there was like six developers on the team and every week we traded off who was like scrum master which is like if people aren't familiar with agile scrum it's like a workflow that people use in software um, but, i'm familiar with it but again I've, i used to work with software engineers i have actually yeah. only heard of Agile Scrum because a podcast that I listen to about relationships has taken that framework <laughs> and made it like, here's how you apply this and Agile Scrum your relationship. And it's actually a pretty I awesome honestly, thing. <laughs> I honestly had to do that when I was planning my wedding because my husband is a software engineer. <laughs> and I was like, hey, 
I need your help. I need this to happen. Like, what are we doing? Like, so I made him actually, I, I used Kanban, but I used a Kanban uh -huh. board and I was like, these are your tasks. Please do them. That's so, <laughs> so <funny>. it's versatile. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely right. is. Yeah. It's, it's a good so framework, not, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're not listening, if you're out there and you're not familiar with agile scrum, Google it, Google knows all about it. If you're interested in applying it to your relationship called the relationship radar is what uh, these podcasters called it. Yeah. That's, that's out there. Like agile scrum is primarily used in my experience is primarily used with software, but it's, it's a versatile thing. That's useful. You can apply it anywhere, but anyway, sorry, yeah. go ahead. It's not about us. It's about you. <laughs> no, no, no worries. Um, just that it, in software, it's kind of like a big deal to be scrum master, which is such a funny title to me, but whatever, but it's like the, the person who's kind of in, uh, the, in charge of the project, they lead the meetings. There's like a stand-up meeting every day. That's like a couple minutes long and everyone gives their updates. So like the scrum master is basically in charge of that and um, in charge of making sure everyone has what they need on their projects and um, aren't like blocked by anything need any help. It, it's a really good experience, people. When you put that on your resume, it's like a really big deal for software positions. So it was just really a great opportunity to have, you know, while I was still in college, that experience being a scrum master on those rotating weeks. And that was a really kind thing that the guy who was leading this program did for us. And it gave me a lot of really good experience and allowed me to like have the confidence later when I did my own projects in freelancing and was running teams of software developers. So that, yeah, that, that's just a big thing is, is kind of getting that leadership role and in a, a low pressure environment. Uh, if I was thrown right into, you know, one of those projects where I was leading 10 developers without that kind of experience, I probably would have had a lot more, um, you know, stress and anxiety behind that. But it was just a really great gift that that program gave me. And I try and do the same thing when I work with other people who have less experience is kind of give them the, the leadership training in a really low pressure environment because it was really helpful for me and something that, you know, is able to, you know, when you're talking about imposter syndrome, it's like a really helpful thing is to have that leadership experience and, and see your yourself succeed and kind of you know people talk about like manifesting or visualizing but when you have that you're you're able to kind of have in the back of your mind like I can do this I already did it before um and that's really really helpful that's amazing that's, like yeah that sounds like a good management system too that was a good manager that you were able to yeah. work under mm -hmm. I feel like right now in the world with all these strikes that are happening in all kinds of fields like the major ones have been in like writers guild and the you know actors and all that but you know like everywhere so I think that finding a great manager is a really good thing I'm that that's I'm happy for you that's awesome yeah yeah, it was really well, great they, they, uh, yeah they and they say that people don't quit jobs they quit managers because mm -hmm. you can put up with a lot of work that you don't really like all that much if you are on a team that you do well with that if you feel supported by your management if you feel supported by your colleagues and you can be doing work that the work itself is great but if your team is bad if your manager is bad it's gonna be an awful experience yeah absolutely yeah. So, okay. So, oh, go ahead, Heather. Well, I was just going to, I was going to ask if you had any, this wasn't on our list of questions we were going to ask, but just following up with this, do you have any advice for people on things to look for in technological or in technology jobs or any job to, to know that they're going to be getting into a good experience um, manager wise and things like that? What, what should yeah. people look for on a team? One big thing for me was it's like kind of a red flag if 
you're really willing to learn new technology, but they're kind of hesitant about being helpful in letting you take on projects that are going to help you learn new skills. Like if they want you to stick to like what you have experience in, which I mean is good, but I've, I've seen, I've worked at places where they really encourage you to learn new things and it's really nice. And there's people that are willing to mentor you and that's a better growth opportunity for me um, because I've been able to, you know, triple, double my skill set working with people who've been doing it for 50 years and it's just a really great environment. And then there's other times where people kind of really want you to stick to one thing. And if you want to do like kind of take a risk and try something out that you don't have a lot of background in and they're really just discouraged that, that environment to me has not been as fun and not as helpful for growth and kind of more high stress because they're like really like worried that you're going to make mistakes. And I mean, in everything with software, there's so many checks in place that you're not going to like, you know, take down the whole site or, you know, delete everything in the database. It's really, really hard to do that. There's so many precautions put in place, you know, if, the, if they're the running. Very least there should but, be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. I guess. I guess maybe they weren't um they weren't running their their organization correctly. Maybe it was really dangerous to, to have people in there. Um, but yeah, I just I would say that it's it's really good to look for a place that will allow you to try new things and is encouraging of you to learn new skills. Because uh, I mean, it, you, that's good for them too. If you're learning new things and it benefits the company, so I don't know why there are places that are kind of against that. But I've definitely experienced that in teams, and I would say to look for a place that's really encouraging encourages your growth. To expand on that, I feel like there comes a point, like we talked about this earlier, like technology is moving so fast. Like you said, just in the last six months, there's so much that has happened. So if companies aren't willing to move forward, they're going to be stuck. Let's say in 2023, they're going to be stuck here today. And in 20 years, they're going to have issues if they just stay with this now. Yeah, that's right. definitely something I've seen um, is a, also just a negative on the company itself when they're not willing to let people expand and grow is because there's so many new frameworks and technologies that are just coming out that nobody knows how to use because it's brand new. So if they're not willing to kind of go into that territory and learn new things, then it's going to be ultimately bad for their business as well. And but in yeah, a year, I, there's going to be new ones that people haven't even thought up yet. Yeah, ex exactly. So I mean, one thing with freelancing is always my clients are, you know, they hear something in the news and they're like, oh, I want I want a website that is using that framework or I want, you know, the best, newest thing. So I kind of have to be learning new things all the time, which I love. So, I mean, I'm glad that that's the posi position I'm in with freelancing, but I have had more, you know, traditional nine to five software jobs where it's been like, you know, very rigid. So yeah, that's one thing I really like about freelancing. And I would say if I was looking for a position, I would look for that in a team is like a lot of adaptability and willing to... Your team encouraging you to take risks and learn new things. To help I you grow. Yeah. yeah. That really resonates with me because you can take that beyond software and apply that to really any job that you have. Like if your company is oh, not willing to let you grow, like maybe that's, I, I'm not even saying maybe, that is, that is a big red flag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, it, it, it has very oh, much a you stay in your place kind of feel to me. And I don't like that. Yeah. yeah that becomes a little problematic. Unpleasant. No, toxic. I think toxic is a great word for that. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. So since we are talking about clients and websites, tell us about your website. Because I'm going to say I have my own website for my business and it is not as cool as yours. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
Well, I should well, hope that she has a super cool yeah. website. Yeah, she does. does. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, I was going to say, I hope that it's good. <laughs> it's, it's super cute. Like, Thank I don't you. know. Like, it's just go to this website. Like, I'll put it in the show notes. Like, just go click on it. It's adorable. Thank I say adorable. You. It's not like puppies and kittens. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> I like it. It's cute. Thank you. I have been freelancing just like by myself since, I mean, 2014, I mean, while I was still in high school, I was taking clients, but like more seriously in 2018 when I started on Upwork. Um, so that's kind of my portfolio website is miacodalik.com, the one that you're talking about. But just a couple months ago, I partnered with a software engineer from Northeastern University who I met in college, and we started um, a web development company called Curianco. We have a different website for that, which would be curian.co, and that is kind of the company that we're transitioning to as far as web development. So it's not just me. I have a partner now, so we're able to take on more clients and kind of do more in-depth stuff. Yeah, that's that's the new news. <laughs> and it, do you have an Etsy store also called Curianco? Yeah, so that's where I took the name from. Is um, I I haven't um, sold like I haven't been active on there in a little bit, but yeah, I I would I sold like paintings and different like art things that I did just as kind of a creative outlet, and that's where I took the name from. Um, I have a dog named Curi and a rabbit named Coco, so that's where oh, the that's name cute. comes from. Oh, that's adorable! <laughs> I love Aww. it. You'll have to like send us pictures because I will. I love animals. Can you I will. Uh, spell that out for our listeners and, yeah, and your website C- as well? Yeah, yeah. C-U-R-I-E. Um, and then it's the ampersand and then C-O. Um, and then for the website, it's C-U-R-I-E and and .co. It's not a .com domain. It's a .co domain. <laughs> so it's okay. Curie. Well, we can put that in the show notes too. Yeah. So we can right. have all that in there. Yes, so we'll put I all will. the links. Your Absolutely. person, like your Mia website, your podcast, your Curie and co yeah we'll put it all in there perfect i am so excited like yeah i just i need to see your animals now like <laughs> i love animals anyway if you haven't listened to the podcast where we talk about my animals yet like yeah go listen to that like <laughs> that what episode number was that i don't remember i think it's four four okay yes so um yeah go listen to that because my animals are crazy. So anyway, <laughs> I love seeing animals. Does so it send me all the animal pictures? <laughs> I will. Yeah. And you follow me on Instagram. They're all over my Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll put the Instagram link in there too, if you want. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. All right. So as a woman who is working in a STEM field, who has been some of your biggest role models for you as inspiration, I guess, to work in the field, but like, like a a mentor helping you navigate the system. Because yeah, like my understanding not being in a STEM field, it's not always women don't get the encouragement to go into the STEM fields. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say, well, my original role model has to be my mom. (laughs) Um, yeah, uh, there since day one. Um, and she was a programmer. I always kind of had that representation and there was never really a moment where I was like, I don't know if I can see myself in this field. I don't see a lot of representation, which I know is true for a lot of people. And I have met a lot of people who've had that. I'm just like so grateful that I've always had that representation through my mom. And she's always been really encouraging of me, which has been amazing. And I didn't really notice that there was even, you know, a disparity in technology until college. And I was taking classes with like mostly only men. That was a big source of confidence for me. And I mean, definitely 
empowered me to do a lot of stuff really young that I probably wouldn't have, you know, saw myself doing without that confidence. And then um, through high school, the mentor that I had in my bioinformatics lab. She was a woman and she was very encouraging towards, you know, getting the next generation into bioinformatics and into STEM. And yeah, I've just been really lucky to have like a lot of really powerful women in my life. That's great. Can you define what is bioinformatics? Like you've you've mentioned that a couple of times and I realized I don't really know what that means. Sure. Yeah. So it's basically just the intersection between like data and biology um, and using computers to process the data because it's a lot of really, really large data sets like petabytes of data which is like even bigger than like terabytes or what people are used to oh my like actual petabytes of data which is a lot of it comes from like genome data but it is what mostly i worked on um when i was working at the lab in the u of a it was a lot of genome data but there's other um you know other things you can apply it to as well but it's basically just kind of the intersection between computer science and biology okay cool. that's awesome like that's um, that's what's being used to sequence dna and things like that right mm-hmm. and like microbiome um, research all that kind of stuff um because when you're looking at microbiome research it's not just like the human dna or actually it's not the human dna it's the viral and bacteria d- dna is what in the microbiome that people are looking at so you have to sequence that and you know there's like millions and millions of them so you're sequencing each one of the viruses and bacteria's genomes and a lot of them are not even discovered yet so when you take a sample it's like most of the dna in there you don't even know what it is so people are just reporting on what they know is in there but there's like a whole big part of it that is not discovered yet and then they discover new ones every day that's so cool that's crazy and and then i imagine that this is what helps pave the way for new technology in medicine it helps pave the way for vaccines for all kinds of things and and i imagine it has far-reaching implications that we haven't even really begun to explore yet yeah definitely man my like brain just exploded with information Well, it's so like that was so much information. Like I didn't even know that was a thing. (laughs) I mean, I guess I knew it was a thing, but because I have read about like how the latest, you know, the COVID vaccine came out so quickly and people are like, how is that possible? We were like, well, we have technology to process things a lot faster than we used to be able to do it. It's possible because of we're starting to sequence similar viruses already and then we went well we're here and we only need to go you know a little bit further to get to this new new virus we're just building off of what we already had with this new technology with this i didn't know it was called uh bio say the word again bio in bioinformatics bio bioinformatics i wanted to call it bioinformation smashed (laughs) together Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's different names. There's like computational biology too, which is like pretty much the same thing, but it's just like kind of the intersection between computer science and biology. I mean, I knew that some of it was a thing, but like just how in-depth it goes. It's amazing. Like really fascinating. Mm -hmm. I feel like I need to, I don't know, subscribe to some sort of science magazine so I know about these things. I need need a bioinformatics for dummies course. (laughs) Do they have one of those? I'm sure they do. 
<laughs> She's like, we'll find one at a bookstore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if we can say the name of the bookstore because we're not like sponsored by anyone. So we'll just, we'll just say your a local popular bookstore. bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> just, just find one at your local independent bookstore. <laughs> yeah. Support small business. what is a piece of sisterly advice because we're you know the sister element and trying to help everyone with sisterly advice what is some sisterly advice that you would like to give to women entering maybe software engineering or any male dominated career path or field yeah i would say um don't be afraid of like sharing your accomplishments i I mean a lot of people are taught to kind of you know be really humble which is you know a good thing in in certain aspects but um i I mean nobody's really teaching men that so i you gotta be really confident and not be afraid to share what your accomplishments are because that just kind of goes back into the reducing representation like if you're not telling everybody all the great stuff you're doing then other women who are watching you won't know about it so like don't be shy and don't be afraid to talk about what you're doing that you're really proud of and share it with other people because you're being representation yeah so i i feel like that's a a theme that we're starting to get here is like female representation is so important for everyone you know you want future generations to look at you and say like hey if she can do it then i can do it Mm -hmm. right you know that to say that it's not just something that's for men not just something that's for fill in the demographic and and i see that kind of to get away from just empowering women but going in you know the the last presidential race we had women we had a gay man we had people of color who had all gotten into like the top group that people were talking about it wasn't just middle-aged mm-hmm. straight white men yeah and it was great to see that many people now of course who got elected an old straight white man but that's because the vice president is not a man yeah, the vice president <laughs> is not not a not a white man not a white woman not a white woman <laughs> but the representation matters yeah and yeah being able to see somebody else and maybe you know maybe they didn't make it all the way to the top but they made it close and so you can come along and say i think if you know with how close they made it the world's come a little way since then let's try again let's do it a little differently let's see what we can do now and Mm -hmm. yeah just seeing people succeed inspires everybody Mm -hmm. yeah yep well, Mia, I feel like you are definitely succeeding and yes. are an amazing role model for, I mean, even me, and I'm older than you. <laughs> significantly. <laughs> significantly because, I don't know, you're talking about being in high school in 2014. <laughs> yeah, I was having a baby in 2014. <laughs> Yeah, so, but I don't think that a role model needs to fit like an age criteria. So, definitely, yeah, not absolutely. Much. So, I mean, yeah. and I think that the next generation might even relate to you more because you are closer to their age. And they'll say, hey, Mia is doing this and she's doing amazing. I can do it too. Right. So, yeah, I think, I think it's keep really doing what you're doing. Like, that's amazing. Thank you. So we have some fun questions all right. that yes. we want to ask you. Like we love all of the like fun getting to know you questions and talking about your field and just like all of the amazingness that you are. But we also love to ask some fun, silly questions just to bring in some silliness because Heather and I are pretty ridiculous when we're together. <laughs> 
So, you know, like we just like to add some silliness into it. So the first question kind of ties it in. Do you have any hobbies outside of software development? Um, I play tennis and I do a lot of crafting, Um, like like printmaking, like carving linoleum blocks and making like stamps. That's awesome. I was always like, see these custom made stamps. I'm like, how do people do that? No, it's like so relaxing. It's like, I like to, you know, like peel things a lot and like, just like pick on like, you know, tape and glue, like as kind of a nervous habit or whatever. But it's like that times a hundred because you're carving into like a very, it's like a racer material almost. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. just like so satisfying. You do that on Instagram because I would totally watch that every day. Yeah. I actually haven't ever posted a reel of that, but that's a really, really great idea. I'm going to have to do that. My my Instagram feed is mostly, it's people either making art, things like that, or it's just ridiculous dad jokes. Those are the two things. (laughs) No, that was an amazing And people chopping wood. Um, I do. I have a lot of art, but I also have a lot of organizational stuff because that helps calm my stress. Yeah, I've seen those too, or like the containers that per- like fit perfectly into the drawer. Yeah, that I've like never people been like measure them out, and yeah. I'm like, are you ordering custom things, or did like I just happen to buy a house that has like custom made drawers that these don't fit in? Yeah, every time I've tried to get one of those, it like doesn't fit, and it's like, is this even worth it? It's like worse than no, no organizer. <laughs> every time I give organizer it ends up not being organized for very long <laughs> you just you i mean there's a, a great company out there that i follow that i don't know if i'm allowed to say it or not but i'll say it the home edit <laughs> they're my people and i follow them and they have just released a book another one they have three now and you just need to find a system that works for you anyway yeah. not about me not about that <laughs> <laughs> i just get really excited about crafting because I no, me my, too. I would show you my office, but it's not organized. <laughs> and I've got like a cutting machine over here, like a heat press to my one side, like rhinestones behind my computer. <laughs> like yeah, me yeah. too. All the crafts everywhere. All the crafts. So the next question is about food because I love food and we can't survive without food, obviously. So do you prefer prefer sweet or savory? Savory. I mean, I love, you know, a good dessert, but I don't know for whatever reason, like my body can't handle like sugar that well, which is really unfortunate. But like I get like a headache and I feel really tired, even if I just have like a tiny bit. Um, It's better for you. Like, yeah, but I do love like a good dessert and I, I hate like, you know, going out everyone's having dessert and then I'm like okay I'm gonna eat this but I'm gonna be too tired to do anything else after that (laughs) like I'll go out with friends and then they'll all have you know like dessert and then they're like okay let's you know go for a walk and I'm just like asleep but um (laughs) I I yeah so for that that's reason, how I feel about alcohol. Savory. Like if I have a drink, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go sleep now. <laughs> yeah, that's the same for me, but it's a lot cheaper. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> so in that savory category, what is your like go-to? Um, I really like Italian food. My dad studied um, abroad in Italy in college and then like worked in a kitchen there and was taught by like a bunch of Italian women how to make pasta. So, um, oh my, yeah, uh, I grew up eating like really good pasta that he would make all the time. Um, and like sauces that he would make. 
Um, and then, yeah, so pasta, Italian food, that's a big one for sure. <laughs> yeah, pasta like I, I love, I love pasta though, you know, it's not always the best thing to eat all the time, <laughs> but yeah, like I want to know how to make pasta. And I think I just, I know it's not always the best way to do it, but I need like a pasta roller. You know, it doesn't even need to be like the fancy ones that you connect to your like stand mixer, but just like a hand cranked one is fine. Mm -hmm. But the one time I made pasta, it was too thick and it, <laughs> it didn't cook all the way through. So it was a little extra. It wasn't quite done yet. And it was a little too chewy. <laughs> Beyond al dente. Yeah. yeah. It's a little too much. But yeah, that's like you're the second person that has a very heavy Italian influence in your life. You're our second guest and the second guest that has the, the heavy Italian influence. Like, <laughs> and I really want to go to Italy. Oh, yeah. Too. Actually, when I went to Italy, I was allergic to dairy because <gasps> um, I had a dairy allergy when I was young and I went when I was young and so I basically couldn't eat any of the good food, but Aww. I didn't notice because that I had been allergic. Heart. Yeah, I didn't notice because I'd been allergic to dairy my whole life. But then mm -hmm. like recently I was talking to one of my friends about like what their favorite parts of Italy were. And they're like, oh, all the cheeses and the pizzas and the like cream-based sauces. And I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> the gelato. And I was like, oh, oh gelato. <laughs> so nothing that I had when I was there. <laughs> Well, now that just means you need to go again, yeah, and yes. you know, experience it from a different dairy eating point of view. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Our last question is a "Would you rather" question. All right. Heather and I have a niece. Her name is Lorelai, and she will randomly just ask you, um, Auntie Heather, question: Would you rather? And then fill in some random either or scenario. By the way, Rose has started picking up on this. She asked me the other day if I would rather live in Minecraft or or in Skyrim. Both are. It could go either way. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so our question for you is: Let me let me look at it to make sure I remember it. Would you rather be invisible or fly? Mm. I guess fly. I mean, invisible would be cool too, too but I, you can't beat flying. So I think fly. I think, yeah, I think so. What do you think, Heather? Would you rather be invisible or fly? Well, I mean, if I was invisible all the time, definitely yeah, yeah. no. But if I had the ability to turn invisible, it would be useful sometimes. If you think about it, the only times you want to be invisible are when you don't want to get caught doing something. And so flying just seems much more useful and on the up and up. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking that too. Like, I'm like, what would I, why would I need to be invisible? Like, I feel like anybody that has turned invisible in like supernatural like shows, it's because that's how they ended up feeling. They feel like nobody noticed them, but they wanted to be noticed. So I feel like there's a slightly negative connotation with being invisible or they were doing something nefarious and like maybe not being, you know, doing something that they shouldn't have been that might land them in jail. I would right. say you could sneak into some like really expensive, cool places like Disney's Club 33 or something <gasps> like that that oh, you never you get a chance to get into. Right <laughs> at my heart. <laughs> but if you got caught though, like if somehow you got caught, you'd be like banned from Disney. That's and I, true. that's too high a risk for me. That's true. Yeah. I love Disneyland. Like that is my place. <laughs> so I think that's too high a risk. But if I could just fly there i could save money on airfare true Ooh, yeah. there you go yeah yeah airfare is kind of expensive sometimes yeah. so yeah i think 
we're all in agreement that flying is maybe the best way to go on that. At least and for us. on how fast you fly, you might be able to save on accommodations and things like that because you can just, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm going to just fly uh, off somewhere where it's cheaper than right near Disneyland because that's way too expensive. That's maybe true. it's like a Superman thing where you can kind of control your speed. Yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> All right, we're all in all agreement. Right. Flying is the way to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, apparently, we're going to fly to Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hang out. All right. <laughs> let's, when we get this handled and we all can fly, let's pick a date and meet there. That <laughs> sounds, sounds great. <laughs> or, like, in the interim, we could just, like, meet there. Like, actually get on a plane <laughs> and meet there. Yes. <laughs> Until we get our flying package installed. True. That <laughs> might actually... powers. <laughs> that might be more expensive than just going to Disneyland and paying for it. The, yeah. the flying installation package. <laughs> <laughs> installation package. See, that's how we know that you're a software developer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's a very rare installation package. So, you know, it's going to be right. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I had so much fun chatting with you yes so. this was great fun go again over how people can follow you on instagram your uh etsy your website all of that yeah so on instagram my personal account is um hello it's mia.tech and then my company account is curie and co um and then my website is miacodalic.com and my company website is curieand.co and then the name of my podcast is technically a podcast and you can find that on either of those websites or on instagram it's on all of them <laughs> okay all so right. yeah we definitely Fantastic. put all that in the show notes Perfect. Yes. All right. Thank you so much for coming on. We had so much fun. And yeah, like keep shining your light because you're such a bright star in this world. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I would love to have you guys on my podcast if you want to talk <gasps> a little bit about your small business experiences. Oh, yay. Yeah. Because uh, let me just say right now, when I was reading like all about your technical magic, that I'm just going to call it magic because I don't know how it works. <laughs> I was like, I never knew that I needed her in my life until now because... <laughs> Yeah. Like, right. How was I supposed to know about all this? Like, you don't know what you don't know. And I was like, I people come into your life for a reason. And yeah, absolutely. I was like, I, I need her assistance. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely open to doing collaborations in the future. And if you guys wanted to come on my show and talk about, you know, how it is running small businesses, I would love that. Yeah, absolutely. Yay. All right. <laughs> So uh, we will hook up with you later then. And yeah. Sounds good. Thanks Bye. so much. Thank you for Bye. being on our show. Bye. Of course. Bye. Okay, guys. I want to talk about my Taylor Swift confession. Um, I feel like we can talk about this. So my confession is I, I'm not a Swifty. Put my hand up. Oh, that's left hand. Right hand. I'm not a Swifty. Which but seems like a confession in and of itself. Yes, I feel, yes. But I, let me just say this, okay? So Taylor Swift took over the world this summer, right? Completely took it over. And so I follow a lot of Instagram accounts that are Swifties. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, okay? I just don't know that much about Taylor Swift. Now I <laughs> know a little bit more. So because I follow these Instagram accounts that are fans of Taylor Swift, Instagram algorithm was like, you must also be a fan of Taylor Swift. And I was like, but I'm not. 
I and here's why. Like I when she first came on the scene, she was a country music artist. Me personally, I do not care for country music. It's not I'm not throwing shade against the artists, but it's just not the music that I prefer. So I don't listen to it. So I just was like, oh, she's a country music star. And I was like, okay, good on her. But I just, and like, there was that one song that was kind of like talking about Romeo and Juliet in the romantic way. And Romeo and Juliet is not a romantic relationship that we should emulate. No, no. I, I remember that song when it came out and was super popular. And I was like, um... Did she ever finish reading that story? Yeah, so it was very strange. So I just never really went back and she just became more and more popular. Her songs came on the radio a lot, but I didn't really listen to the radio because the music that I listened to, there wasn't a radio station that really played that kind of music, at least not where I lived. Anyway, so Instagram was like, you also must love Taylor Swift because these other people do. So it showed me these reels of like a Taylor Swift interview. And I was like, you know what? Fine, I'll watch it. So I clicked on it. I clicked tap with my finger because it's my phone that just shows our age yes it does so anyway i watched this reel and i was like man that was a really nice thing that she said so then because i watched one video instagram was like i knew you loved taylor swift (laughs) here's all the taylor swift (laughs) so now i might be coming on board with taylor swift you're a, and, a, almost a Swifty. Yeah. To be honest, like if she were to run for president, I would absolutely vote for her. I feel like she's a little young still. Uh, give it some time. I'm sorry. Like the candidates that are available. Well, I don't want this to turn into a political podcast. So <laughs> I'm not even going to say that. Never mind. <laughs> like, never mind. Never Moving mind. Moving on. <laughs> we already talked about in the interview with Mia about old white men running the country. <laughs> We did, but (laughs) if she ran for president, I would vote for her. Mm -hmm. Kudos to her for encouraging her Instagram or social media followers to register to vote and to go out and vote and voter registration in the younger demographics skyrocketed. So good on her. Yeah. Like I said, if she ran for president, I would vote for her. She just seems like a very kind person and genuinely cares about people. So I might now be a Swifty? I, I don't think I'm a Swifty. Like, I'm not about to go to a concert because that's just not, concerts aren't really for me. I just but, don't have the money to go to a Taylor Swift concert. Oh, I don't have the money Jeez. either. But, like, I, I don't know that I would be going to a concert and trading bracelets with people because I have social anxiety. I would be awkward. That's all it is. I would be awkward. And stranger danger is a thing. And uh, I'm just nervous, guys. Anyway, so that's my Taylor Swift confession is that I I might be turning into a Swifty. I don't know. Like, I've started listening to some of her music. Like, I know Antihero. There is a... Right? Like, I'm making progress. Yeah. No, there is a playlist on Amazon Music that is um written by taylor swift like she didn't make the podcast but it's all it's all songs that were written by her whether or not she performed elsewhere too i probably not okay only on it because it's just the playlists are ones that people have put together but yeah it was taylor swift i almost mixed up her name taylor swift playlist yeah it but it's all some of them are ones she's singing but some of them are also songs that other artists are singing whether she wrote it for them or they're covering some of her work but it's 
it's she's a great songwriter in addition to being I'm not a, saying this I'm not saying this woman does not have talent she is insanely talented it's just that when she came on the scene she was portrayed and put in a box and in mm-hmm. that is a box that I don't open and so you never so knew just, that what the that she was no longer even in that box because yeah so I mean I kind of did because some of the radio stations in the area that we were in started to play but they kind of crossed over a lot too so i was like well maybe she's just a crossover like i don't know whatever first like you look at um you belong with me that was kind of like her crossover i don't i don't know that song anyway that was the first of her songs that i heard on the radio that i was just like you know it's juvenile because it's definitely about high school but it's relatable and i like it versus romeo the the love story yeah high school students need some good music to listen to as well that seems age appropriate because a lot of music that I'm hearing, I'm like, no, no. Even the music like, that we listened to in high school, I was like, what? Do we don't. What? No. Oh I saw God! An Instagram why, why reel about that this? today. I saw an Instagram reel where this guy was like listening to the songs I listened to as a kid, as an adult. They hit different, and it was just like yeah. him listening and being like to things like "Like a Prayer" by Madonna, and be like, uh, "When you call my name, it's like a little prayer. I'm down on my knees. I want to take you there." And he's just like, "Oh my God!" Yeah, like, like there was like well, a Jessica Simpson song that was similar, and we we're like, "Whoa, whoa, pop the brakes here!" Like what? And I'm not saying like Jessica at the time the song came out, like she was might have been a little young, but at least she was an adult. Yeah, I think I don't know. I have to research that. But I'm yeah. going back and listening to like Leanne Rhymes songs, and she was like 14 years old, and I'm just like, 14 year olds should not be singing this. I think that fits into the country music box that I don't open. But, sure. but yeah, there's other songs, right? Like you pick an artist, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, yeah, whatever. Like even in sync, right? Pick a song. I'm, we were listening to it in middle school, high school. Mm-hmm. And just like we some of it, be... some of it in high school. Like I got it. I knew what they were singing about. Yeah, I got it. But like, I'm but, sorry. I love the Spice Girls. I will admit this. Like Spice Girls fans, okay? Listening Spice to that in girl. elementary school? Nope. No. No. Yeah. Anyway, point being, <laughs> I may be crossing the bridge over to a Swifty. Please don't judge me that it's taking me I'm this long, but I might actually start listening, like seeking out an album. I also am one of those weirdos that might have to I listen recommend. to it in chronological order because I feel like it's a story like of her life. And yeah. her growth, I mean, I know that she has this reputation, which I know she has an album called Reputation. I mean, I know she has a reputation of, like, making her career off of the back of breakups. What musical artist hasn't? Right. Like, come on. Everybody's everybody's songs that they're writing tend to be kind of personal. Yeah. And sometimes they're a little more personal than others. No, nobody yeah. sits there and gets upset because Fleetwood Mac has their Rumors album that's all based on <laughs> all the I mean, is, is anybody giving... How much did, did Justin Timberlake get when he was singing the song Cry Me a River? Right. Exactly. Cry Me a River or What Goes so, Around Comes Around. Like, yes. nobody so, was giving... And I'm not them- saying, like, don't listen to this music and I'm not throwing shade at Justin Timberlake, but let's not throw shade at Taylor Swift because she did the same thing as right. everyone else. And drew inspiration from her songwriting about her own life. Right. Well, and I think some of it artists do is she's a woman and she's young. Yes. And there have been more 
breakups for her age than the media thinks should be. Yeah, but like and we can't just go based on what the media thinks because we absolutely. can't all look like Hyra Banks at the height of her career, right? Like Right. Well and and then you know what? I think this could be a whole episode all on itself about like the way that media treats oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> female pop stars versus men and yeah. So yeah, well, stay standards. tuned for that because yeah, that's gonna be a thing. I'm writing it down right now. Yeah. So this was a very long confession. <laughs> this is gonna be a very short thing, but we got off I on a tangent. Yeah, we did. So yeah, might be a We'll cover this again another time. Yeah. So I'll keep you up to date on my Swifty progress. I guess if you guys want it. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know how dedicated. I really like her most recent album. Uh, I Which thought it was that? quite good. Don't remember what it's called, but if you look it up, like I don't. I don't own the album or anything. I just, when it came out, I listened to it, it on it. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. I'll do that. So, okay. I'll find out. But anyway, I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. Mia is amazing. Go check out all her things. We'll put it in the show notes. We sprinkled and in I'll keep below. you up to date on my Taylor Swift progress, if I remember. Thank you so much for listening. We love you guys. Like, thank you so much for your support. Click all the buttons yes. to like and subscribe, rate, review. Instagram handle is at the sister element. Email the sister element at gmail.com. Send us all your things, your funny videos of your cats and dogs and animals and parrots and whatever. And just drop a line. Like, we want to hear from you. That's it. Get in touch. Let us know what you want us to talk about. If you have any questions, we want to hear. If you want to be on the show, I mean, I want to hear from you. We're all about female positivity. So come on on. each other up. Yeah. Come on the show. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And we will talk to you later. Bye. See you Wednesday. Bye.